Welcome to the MP3 Podcast, Mastering Personality, Perspective, and Productivity, where we believe you need a stronger foundation for a higher elevation. We invite you to listen as we talk about personality, to connect and to understand, perspective, to explore and shine, and productivity, to demonstrate and resolve. And now, your hosts, Ariel Kopak and Roger Wolkoff. What is all or nothing thinking? All or nothing thinking is the tendency to think in extremes. We oftentimes do this in evaluation of ourselves, in evaluation of the people around us, and in the evaluation of our decisions. All or nothing thinking is determining whether or not something is a success or a failure with no gray or in between, without taking the time to distinguish what was good and what was bad, but simply labeling something as all good or all bad or all successful or all failure. This is talked about in psychology in reference to those with panic disorder, anxiety, depression. But when you think about it, we all have this tendency. Some of us just fall into that tendency in more extremes. Yet we can all fall into that tendency when we are not at our best mentally. And we oftentimes fall into it even more so when we're experiencing decision fatigue. Our quote for this week is by Robin Connolly Downs. The truth is, it's not about willpower. It's about reducing decisions. The more decisions you have, the more willpower you have to exert. And there's a theory out there that there's only so much willpower and only so much executive function to make decisions that you have. So Roger, what are your thoughts on decision-making, decision fatigue, and all-or-nothing thinking and the trap that it creates? Well, I agree. It's definitely a trap. <laughs> and just saying that just makes me think of the Star Wars movie. Anyway, it's a trap. Never mind. I digress. <laughs> one of the quotes that you introduced me to, or one of the subtitles of an article you shared with me, was the brain is like a muscle. When it gets depleted, it becomes less effective. And for me, it's interesting. First off, tendency-wise, I tend to get into black and white thinking. That was my modus operandi for a long time. And what I didn't realize was that it set up an environment that was cutting off options and decisions for people. And it wasn't until a friend of mine, Becky, <laughs> brought it up to me. She deals in change management. And she said to me, wow, Roger, you are such a black and white thinker. You're right. And I challenged that immediately. Mm-hmm. We have that right mm-hmm. when that was my first thing. And she said, no, you are such a one zero guy. What is up with you? And it became a funny thing between us. So you and your binary code, (laughs) my binary code, you betcha. That was my left brain process guy coming out. So Mm -hmm. it, it was funny because she got me to think more broadly about making sure that I was creating an environment where decisions could be considered. So the trap of all or nothing black, white thinking is that we limit our options. And I didn't realize that. So it was funny because she would start off emails with me, warning me, Roger, this is not a one or zero decision. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she would go on to make her case. I need your gray thinking here, Roger. That was a stretch, a growth area for me. Share a little bit more about that, Roger, with that growth piece, because I think sometimes we can acknowledge that we have or that we do fall into all or nothing black and white thinking. But how to combat that, how to grow out of that is a challenge, especially the more tired we are. So How did you evolve and develop after that awareness? What was your next step? Well, my next step was to, I talked with Becky about it. I said, in what instances do you see me doing this? Where am I showing up this way? And that's a great question. I think 
our listeners can ask themselves. In what ways are you showing up? And one that we're going to get to, she pointed out my language. She pointed out the language and the words I was using. I was so not aware of the language I was using. And we'll point out some words in a little bit. And so that was one step. And then the next step was kind of in the emotional intelligence arena. So the second step, you know, first is aware, self-awareness, and then the second is self-management. So I went back to self-management and I started managing myself a little differently. I caught myself using the words because she pointed out two or three that I was using. And I stopped using them or caught myself when I was. And then I was open to the effect that it was having on people when I reduced the all or nothing thinking and opened up to the lack of all or nothing thinking or the quote unquote gray thinking. So it was really stepping into it and leaning into it and accepting and knowing that I could change Mm -hmm. and embracing that change and following through on it. And in sharing the value of this, because whenever you're making a change, it certainly takes effort, intention, awareness. What was the impact of embracing more gray thinking and dropping some of those all or nothing words? Well, I'm a people person, so I immediately noticed those around me were more receptive to my ideas. What was interesting was, and I could compare the behavior, it's either all this or all this. And what that was doing was shutting down a conversation, and it was shutting down people's emotions, it was shutting down their thinking, and they were quick to end the conversation with me. Or we were, all right, fine, let's move on. He's kind of made his decision for the team. And then in situations where it was appropriate, I noticed people were more receptive saw a few more smiles on people's faces. I could see them being more engaged because I was more receptive and willing to listen to what they were saying. So in a sense, there is that trap of getting in all or nothing thinking, and it's a limiting. You talk so much about limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs. Yeah, that I didn't realize that. And now I'm making that connection too, (laughs) (laughs) that that was what I was exhibiting. But I noticed the change in their behavior and how we interacted. Something that you said there about it stopped the conversation. When you think about it from a time standpoint, purely a time standpoint, it was more efficient. All or nothing thinking, all or nothing communication is by definition more efficient, but that doesn't mean it's actually more effective or more productive. And I think that that is part of why we do it for ourselves too. I think sometimes we stop the conversation, not just with others, but we stop the conversation with ourselves by using all or nothing thinking because then conversation's over. You don't have to think about it anymore. So the more mentally fatigued you are or emotionally fatigued you are, the more you're going to jump to all or nothing thinking because it stops the conversation with yourself. And it's easy. I didn't realize that it was an easy way of thinking. That's what it was because it was less to think about exactly as you said. So for myself, yes. Oh my gosh. It became limiting in how I was running my business. It became limiting in how I was successful and moving forward. So definitely that all or nothing thinking was a trap for me. And I love where you went with the decision fatigue. Let's talk about that a little more. What is decision fatigue? So there's a theory out there, and I read an article from Scientific American that talked about the depletion of your executive function. There's a theory that we only have so much capacity for decision-making in any given day. And the more we use that, the less willpower we have, the less quality decision-making ability we have. It's kind of like you work a muscle, but you also tire that muscle out. And you should only be using that same muscle so much at one time, right? So the thought is that our brain, our executive function, our willpower, our decision-making is a muscle. It's one that you need to work, but it's also one that you can easily wear out. And the more you use it, the more fatigued you are. So the more important decisions that you have to make, you want to be making those decisions when you're fresh. 
You want to reduce the amount of decisions that you have to make on a daily basis because the more you do, the more tired you're going to become. And all or nothing thinking is a result of being fatigued, but it's also a way to protect yourself kind of from that fatigue. So there's a balance of all or nothing thinking where you want to avoid stopping the conversation with yourself so that you mm-hmm. can continue that awareness. But you also want to perhaps limit the amount of decisions that you have to make so you have the capacity for the important ones. There's a rule that I like to follow and that I struggle to follow because I'm a little bit more spontaneous and impulsive than my dad. But my dad shared this 72-hour rule. And I found since then that many successful and intellectual people use this rule. It's called the 72-hour rule where they will not make a very important decision, especially one that might be emotionally charged or one that involves a significant amount of finances. They will not make a significant decision without considering it for 72 hours. Because if you consider it for 72 hours, then you know that you've given yourself the time to think on it when you're not mentally depleted. That's a great rule. Like you, I tend to be in the moment sometimes and I just want to go all for it. I'm that enthusiast joy guy who's like, oh yeah, this is great. Let's do this. What? $25,000, $40,000 car? I'm all in. Are you kidding? Let's do this. Right? All you car salesmen, please do not contact me. So I will take 72 hours to decide. You're so right because we don't want to have any regret or whatever. But in the moment, that's where that decision fatigue comes in. And all kidding aside, that's why, you know, the more I think people wear on us to make those those important decisions, those impulsive decisions, they know the longer we do, the more fatigue we're going to have and our emotions are going to take over. I learned in my business going back that there's a certain time I should be making decisions in my business. And that is kind of in the late morning, early afternoon. And there are two periods there where I know it's okay to do it. And what I will do is I will set a timer. I will set a timer for how long I'm going to do that. Like that Pomodoro technique where you do 25 minutes and then take five minutes off. So I set two periods for that and then I'm done. Because I don't know about you or for other people, decision fatigue creeps in. It's like a slow boil. It's not that like it comes right away. And over time, you might get to recognize it, but there are times when I haven't. I'll give you an example. Late into the afternoon, when I've started to make decisions and ask questions of people, I'll fire off emotional emails or I'll talk about an idea with someone and make a decision to purchase something. That's why I don't purchase anything in the afternoon on the internet. But I think about it for a while. I love that advice that your father has that you wait. That way you get your logical brain to kick in in the emotional intelligence side, because when we're thinking emotionally, we're not thinking with our logical brain. Absolutely. And so that's when I'll wait. And I love that advice. And that was another lean into, right? Because I'm like, I am not good at waiting. <laughs> and so I had to say, I'm not good at waiting yet. Good cat. <laughs> and then over time, I became more patient. Yeah. Certainly. So in drawing awareness to not only when we are more emotionally or mentally depleted, but also what might be the indicators, the lights of, oh, okay, I might be experiencing some mental fatigue and I probably shouldn't be making any significant, important decisions right now. All or nothing, black or white thinking can be one indicator of that. But also if that's a habit that's built, it may not be enough of an indicator. What are some words that might indicate that we're falling into black or white thinking, all or nothing thinking, and to take a minute to reassess and perhaps mentally rest. There's an article that you and I were talking about from Psychology Today that lists a couple. And here's one, always, Mm -hmm. never, everything. So these words that go to the extreme. Yes. I like to think you called me out, binary guy. (laughs) So I think, is this a one or zero type of a proposition? So definitely always is one of those words. 
and it's opposite never. Mm -hmm. If you catch yourself thinking that, that might be a sign that you're in all or nothing thinking. Yes. And I think we can do that in labeling ourselves and labeling people too. As in, I always do this. Right. I always go into the fridge for a snack at night. (laughs) Yeah. I never eat vegetables. If you're thinking about healthy, then you're not open to the possibility of being able to change your diet. Mm -hmm. That's black or white thinking. Absolutely. And back to the self-limiting belief, we've talked before, the word can't. I Mm -hmm. can't. I can't be successful. I can't get over my fear of money. I can't write. I got into this all or nothing thinking when I was like, you know what? I can't do video, man. No, Mm -hmm. I just can't because I got into the perfectionism thinking, right? It was that perfect thinking. If you're not perfect, then you're a failure. Mm -hmm. That was self-limiting belief. And then I followed that up with, I can't. So when I was thinking about the next word, everyone, right? Everyone does this or no one does it. Everyone does this. That was another fun little story that was going on in my head, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, everyone else is doing it. I can't. So I got the two for special that day, right? Two for one, (laughs) all or nothing thinking words. So what's really interesting about these words is as a strategy, you could just write down some of these words for yourself mm-hmm. on a post-it or just put them on your desk or somewhere with you, maybe on your computer. And every time you catch yourself or when you catch yourself saying some of these words, that's an opportunity to say, oh my gosh, I guess I do say that. And what might it look like when I change that? Absolutely. The all or nothing thinking is absolutely a trap because it doesn't allow for wiggle room, right? That everyone does but it's a lie to yourself. These extremes are essentially lies in that if I ask you the question, okay, tell me one person who doesn't, immediately you can think of someone who doesn't. That's how you know that it's a lie to yourself. That's how you know that it's in order to trap yourself. And oftentimes we trap ourselves, we mentally trap ourselves to protect ourselves from some discomfort, some pain, to stay comfortable where we are. Because if everyone does this or no one does that, then there isn't room to move. Right? If everyone does it, so I don't need to, then you're holding yourself back from the accountability of what you know you could do and the impact that that could have. So all or nothing thinking is, it's a reaction, I think, oftentimes to fatigue, but it's also a way to keep ourselves comfortable, to keep us trapped in the patterns that we've been perpetuating thus far, keep us stuck. You can call it a benefit or a consequence of all or nothing thinking. <laughs> yeah, the comfort part says, right? Oh, great, a benefit. And I was comfortable in not doing videos. I'm going to round out the story real quick. Yes. Yeah, you were right to bring that up. I, I love where you went with that. So it was really comfortable for me to tell myself that, yes, I can't do videos. Yet my friend Tina challenged me one day when we were meeting and she said, pull out your phone. Excuse me? <laughs> she said, pull out your phone. We're going to record one right now. I'm going to show you how easy it is to do it. And that was my barrier. My barrier was it had to be perfect. So just executing or trying, experimenting is a way to get over that all or nothing thinking, taking one small step. Once you take the small step, in my belief, you're out of that all or nothing. Absolutely. Only takes a little bit of evidence to reveal to yourself that you essentially lied to yourself. And once you reveal the lie, you can't unsee it. You can't unsee it once you've seen it. Once you've exposed it, all or nothing thinking keeps the exposure hidden. You're right. What I love is taking that one small step. So I'll tell you what, there are a couple of takeaways that I'd love to share 
that I'm coming away from our time together, and hopefully they are for our listeners. One is take a small step. Taking that small step gets you out of that all or nothing thinking. And the second takeaway is be aware of two things. Be aware of your behavior and your tendencies for all or nothing thinking mm-hmm. and watch your language. That isn't don't curse. Just watch the <laughs> things you say. <laughs> I thought about that after I said it, but think about the words right. you use. Right. Watch the indicator words. Yeah. The indicator words for extreme thinking, all or nothing thinking, black or white thinking. And when we talk about decisions and decision fatigue, I think it's important to remember to be careful in how you label your decisions. We talked about decision fatigue and how that might hinder your ability to make a well-thought-out, well-executed decision. But then even looking back and saying that was a good or bad decision, that can still be an all-or-nothing thinking, right? What was good from that decision? What was bad from that decision? What was beneficial from that decision? What was harmful from that decision? Even labeling the decision as good or bad is a version of all-or-nothing thinking. So that's something to be wary of, too, and how we judge our own decision-making. Because oftentimes, it's not black or white, good or bad. There's oftentimes good that came from it and bad that came from it, ideal or less than ideal. So it's all-or-nothing thinking. One, I think, be gracious to yourself. Good point. And two, give yourself the time to really think through the important decisions, give yourself the space for that and don't make it when you're mentally fatigued because you only have so much willpower and only so much executive functions and that's every human, that's not just you. So give yourself the time and space for the really important decision-making. Make sure that you don't use all or nothing thinking in those decisions. Great point. Until next time, this is Ariel and Roger helping you to master your personality, perspective and productivity. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow Ariel and Roger on your favorite social media channels and to rate the show highly where you listen to your podcasts. Now, Ariel and Roger have three asks of you. Share this with at least one person who may benefit from this content. Capture your three takeaways from this episode and visit www.mp3-podcast.com to subscribe to the podcast and to get contact information for your hosts along with their upcoming coaching and speaking events. Thanks for listening to MP3, Mastering Personality, Perspective, and Productivity, where we believe you need a stronger foundation for a higher elevation.